Good morning. Welcome to Wake Up Carolina. It's Thursday morning, October 19th. Hey. Would, good morning, Grant. Listen to that. Now, that's a good way to start the um, the show. Yeah, it is. The The majority of time, we would we would full blast and full bore go into American politics, and um, and there's a lot to go into um, there. But we've, as, um, as you expected and knew, we've set it aside three days, yesterday, today, and tomorrow to support the McLeod Children's Hospital. We are on the campus of McLeod Health, the concourse area. Um, for the Children Miracle Network Radiothon fundraiser to support uh, the Children's Hospital here. Uh, it's a fundraiser. We don't make any bones about that. We don't disguise ourselves as something we aren't. We always try to keep it real uh, the best we can. And um, community broadcasters, six years ago, I think we, we said five or six. Uh, it was actually, I'm glad you brought that up because yesterday on the fly when you asked me to re calculate in my head i said five uh talked to mudflap and palmer yesterday afternoon and it actually this is the sixth year the sixth year yep. of setting aside three days uh in conjunction and, and it's really community and, and by the way it's their 21st year 21st year yep. of doing it but but six year with community that's right broadcasters and with us too yeah, and, and and radio i mean rev rev can explain this much better than i let's do this you, you give a good dissertation Uh-oh. of what has happened yeah, maybe to too early for I a mean, dissertation it, for me well i mean uh, Radio was forced to reset itself. Um, business in general is always being disrupted, and you have to be wary and, and aware of the disruptions, and you have to be able to bob and weave and, and change and transition. And one of the, I guess, the tragedies in all of this is local radio losing such a connection with the communities of which they broadcast in. It, it, it doesn't make me angry. I mean, I, I'm a business person. I understand the bottom line. I understand, you know, how you end up in certain places. But what happened in radio, uh, Rev, 20 years ago, the advent of the Internet really kind of accelerated everything. When people had all these different ways to communicate with one another, radio became different. I, mean, it, I don't want to say diminished because I don't think it did. I think it became very different. And the majority of conglomerates that owned Hundreds of radio stations around the country decided to centralize the, the 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 personalities, the management, the broadcast, and the producing, and out of that came what I'd call a, a lack of connectivity to local communities. And um, I mean, if you're in New York, Houston, Boston, uh, Atlanta, I mean, obviously the eight or ten largest markets in America, there's still a very local connection. But radio decided. In, in the name of profitability and staying in business and shareholder return to kind of um, to, to reset itself. And part of that reset was having stations in places like Florence, Sumter, and Orangeburg broadcast from afar. Um, some syndicated radio show hosts, some national production team are now managing the majority of these products. And one thing that, that Rev and I have been very fortunate to have is local ownership. Uh, our owners don't live in Florence. They don't live in Sumter. But they, they have entrusted with us the ability to stay local. By that, I mean every morning we don't have computers running shows. We have men and women in studios that live in these communities running shows. And I think you maintain your connection to things like McLeod Children's Hospital when you drive by a place every day, when you know of a kid who came to the hospital yesterday and everything went okay and it's not some email or some Facebook post. I mean, it's real people communicating with, with other real people. But but I think the uh, in the new era of radio, 
to have a, a locally oriented uh, conglomerate of stations, you're able to do things like this. And I do mm-hmm. think the intimacy uh, is restored when these sorts of things happen. You have just almost recounted verbatim a conversation I had on the air with Mudflap and Palmer yesterday afternoon. I went to their broadcast table, which is across the uh, concourse from where we're set up here at the outside of the McLeod cafeteria. And we had that discussion, and, and not to, to toot our own horn for what we're doing. You know, look at us, listen to us, we're great, look what we're doing. That's not what it's about. Uh, but, from, okay. but, from, but from the standpoint of, and, you know, credit goes to ownership of community broadcasters. They've uh, always committed to maintaining a community presence when that is rare um, in today's broadcast landscape it really is i mean a lot of uh, the the big conglomerates like you said they they pipe in shows they don't have local people that could even go do uh, what we're doing here so that commitment and it extends beyond just the fact that that those of us are uh, like in our our broadcast facility on uh, you know a daily basis throughout the year you know you go down the hallway of studios and there's live shows broadcasting from from several studios different formats you know the country format news talk format sports format, um, gospel music format. So uh, that is a commitment that's a year-round commitment, but with that infrastructure built, then when, and and we spend through the year, you know, doing different campaigns and promoting different causes and interviewing, you know, people that are that are taking on challenges to, to do good for the community. This is obviously the biggest one that we do. We commit you know, all these hours and all the hours of radio programming time to focus exclusively on this endeavor, raising money for the Children's Hospital here at McLeod. And, I mean, it's very fulfilling and satisfying for me. I know it is for you and for all of the, our crew that's working uh, working on this project and 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 helping to facilitate, I guess the uh, the end goal. But it is rare and unique in this day and time. And and I always like to say that I appreciate the fact that our ownership supports that. And uh, and when we get done at the end of the week and we hear a total, and especially on the in the years when the listeners really help us step up and and we beat last year's total, which is always a, a goal you put out there. It is a tremendous satisfaction, not only for us and the radio stations, uh, but it's the community because it's all of us coming together. And and radio is at its best, going back to the core of what you said, um, when it's local and it is a community. And and there's a degree of intimacy there. And you said something yesterday. I mean, I used a word. You used another word. You said um, uh, buy-in. And I Mm -hmm. think my word was... Uh, you know, you're, you're a stakeholder. I mean, they're, they're both kind of one of the same. Um, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday. I always try to take away something from the day that we, we sit here. My takeaway yesterday was, I mean, it, it is about the money. It's always about the money. Charles Barkley famously said it's not about the money. It's about how much money, you know. And I, I've, I've said over and over again, money's the answer. Now, what's the question? Yep. In my business and political world, I've learned that sometimes it's okay. Sometimes I find it a bit distasteful. But it is what it is. But, but I do believe there's a secondary part of this that we didn't talk enough about until yesterday. It, 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 it takes a lot of money to run a hospital takes a lot of money to provide health care. You know, I I, I do segments during the political part of our shows about health care funding and Medicare reform and Medicaid and the the state match and health insurance being, you know, um, the most expensive line item in 30% of American families' budgets. I mean, there there are a lot of stories centered around health care in America. It's 12, 14% of our GDP. But, but, But 
you're right. I mean, this this is about trying to raise more money this year than we did last, and we hope we're successful in that. But but it also is to your point that it's, it's the community orientation of buying in or becoming a stakeholder of something that makes your community better. I mean, it. it re- I don't have any whether, idea whether you or your family ever requires the services yeah. of McLeod Children's Hospital, and of course you hope you don't. Well, I mean, I'll give an example. I don't have any idea what it should cost, nor what it does cost, to set a kid's broken arm. I mean, I, I don't know what that cost. I mean, I, I don't have any idea what it should cost. Where does the money come from? A little bit from here, a little bit. I mean, it's confusing. It's very, very, very confusing. But it's not confusing at all in its simplest fashion for a, a quality health care facility to decide to make an investment in something that cares for children, and you choose or not to be a stakeholder in that. I mean, we, we can debate the... Um, the imperfections of health care and the integration of politics into American health care. But, but at the end of the day, there will be a kid today that needs health care. Were you a stakeholder? Were you a, did you buy in? Were you an investor? It is always about the money. I make no bones about that. It is always about the money in today's world. But, but I do believe that if somebody out there is concerned or, or considering, you know, where, where to make some investment of their resources, this children's hospital pays dividends. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, you know, I took, I mean, I, I, full disclosure, I, several times I tried to turn a C into a B on my report card. Maybe even <laughs> what? A, a D into a C. And, you know, I got caught doing some of that. But, um, but, but I, I never had a situation in my life where one of my kids needed emergency care and their life was in the balance. We've all had battles. We've all had struggles. We all fight demons. We all wish things worked out a little bit differently than they do from time to time. But the one thing that that would probably keep me up at night more than anything in this world is having a major, major health issue with one of my kids. I mean, that, that's, if you ask me, okay, what is the one thing you're most fearful of? That would be it. I mean, that, that would be it, you know. Being scared to death that one day something happens to one of my kids that that I have no control over and there aren't opportunities to make it better. Well, that's what the Children's Hospital is trying to do. And, and yes, it's about money. Yes, this is a fundraiser and a radiothon. And I, you know, today I'm going to try to pit you Gamecocks against Tigers. You know, and you Tigers against Gamecocks. We're going to try to have a little fun and, and see if we can get, you know, better than a grand for each football. I mean, I'll throw it out there yeah. now. We're looking for somebody to pay at least $1,000 for a Shane Beamer autographed football and a Dabo Sweeney. Uh, one is coaching royalty. <laughs> I mean, one is – hopefully going to be coaching royalty <laughs> one day. We, we shall see how that plays out. But, I mean, yeah, we're, we're going to try to raise as much money as we can. But at the end of the day, the question you've got to ask yourself is, do you buy into this? Uh, are you a stakeholder in this? Do you support the Children's Hospital? Whether you ever need it or not, I pray to God in heaven you never need it. I mean, I, I pray to God in heaven that there, the, the 31 kids that were there yesterday, we heard conflicting reports, 31 and 44. I heard somebody say there's 44 kids. No, there's 31 kids there. We know that I think there were 18 or 19 that had, you know, I don't say routine, nothing routine about bringing a small child to the hospital. But, um, but, but I want us to consider as, we can, as you contemplate whether it's sport or not and to what extent you're willing to support, do, do, do you want to buy in to your community having a children's hospital that you supported? 
I mean, that's, that's kind of the question I think we're, we're pondering or posing ourselves. You've got a budget. i got a budget. Everybody's got a budget. Um, sometimes my budget allows me a little more flexibility <laughs> than other times. Uh, join the club. We're all kind of in that, yep. in that boat together. Um, some of you are concerned about what, 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 where the economy's headed. I get it. I understand that. You'll make a decision based on – and I'm not here to say, hey, you should make this decision or you should make that decision. But I'm asking you today when you consider making a contribution or a donation, do you want to be a stakeholder? Uh, do you buy in? It's obvious community broadcasters, Rev and I, Mudflap and Palmer, have bought in. We're here. Uh, we're taking – I mean, I'll say this. We're taking a fairly highly rated product off the air for three days. We know that we've um, lost some listeners. We understand that. Most of you um, get your political fix on your way to work in the morning, and you enjoy some of the banner and, and back and forth, and you participate in some of that. Um, but, but the same people that are, 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 are so interested in American politics also are interested in other things. And I hope you find uh, the interest and the uh, something tugs at your heart and says, hey, you know, I don't know that my $20 makes that much difference. I don't know that my $15 a month for the next year, two, three years makes that much difference. But I do want to buy in. I do want to be a stakeholder. I do want to be a part of providing the children of this area the best opportunity of, uh, possible to make sure when something terribly unfortunate happens, we have you know a place for them to go to receive really and truly world-class world-class health care. Um, we're asking you to step up and sponsor. Uh, before we take our first break, let's make sure uh, for the first time this morning we uh, mention our sponsors. The title sponsor is Monraga Roofing. Station sponsors Harris Pest Control. The phone bank sponsors Palmetto Commercial Real Estate. Palmetto Commercial Real Estate is also the sponsor of our Miracle Makers. The half-day sponsor is King Cadillac. Uh, uh, we don't have a, I think the next hour we'll have our power hour sponsor. You can make a donation first thing this morning by calling 843-777-4483. There are men and women on standby as we speak. Bank of operators. They've got a real, uh, volunteers are here. Ready. Cool. And I'll I'll say this. I applaud the businesses. Some of these businesses allow their employees you know, to be away from the job for an hour or two and come and answer the phones. It's kind of a contribution to the common good, but you can call um, right now, 843-777-4483. You can text the word Radiothon to 844-937-3993. You can donate online at MyRadiothon.com. And I think, I'll let Rev explain this, we're, we're, we're kind of putting the um, putting the feelers out for our Gamecocks and Tigers we need to get at least a thousand bucks for each of those footballs. I think so. Are, are they worth a thousand? You want me to be bluntly honest? No, <laughs> no, they're not. They're not worth a thousand dollars. But it's a it, it's a big help. It's a big contribution. It's a win win. It, it sure it is. And allowing you know, and, and allowing this telethon radiothon to be successful and provide more opportunities to kids who end up at at the Children's Hospital, where can someone find uh, the memorabilia that has been donated? Rev, explain. So, so, so we are a Braves affiliate. Yep. We are a Carolina Panthers affiliate. Yep. We are a Clemson Tiger affiliate. And we're a USC Gamecock affiliate. And we've reached out to all of those 
sports franchises, and they have agreed to, to send product back. They always so, help. They always so, do. So, so where are – how can someone see and bid on the footballs, baseballs, and, and other stuff? The auction went live yesterday, and there are bids, but the bids will remain open until the end of the Radiothon tomorrow. And it's uh, very simple to get there. Just go to MyRadiothon.com. That's kind of our main page for this Radiothon event, MyRadiothon.com. And if you click on the Donate Now button – uh, that will actually take you to the page where there's a link to the auction. There, say it'll say see auction items or bid on auction items. Here, you click and it'll take you directly to the page. There's pictures of the items that are up for up for bid, up for auction, and it'll show you you know just the process of going through and placing your bids. So you can do that at any time. But yeah, we're going to get the challenges going uh, for some of those items today. And there's some really unique items. I mean, there's 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 country music memorabilia autographed by country stars. There's concert tickets. Oh yeah. Um, there's sports memorabilia, memorabilia that we were talking about, and and just take a look, see if something of, of interest is there for you and you'd like to bid. You can do that all the way through the end of Radiothon tomorrow. And uh, when we come back here in a few minutes, we're going to go shopping for some items. We'll tell you about those. And if, you're, uh, if you become a miracle maker, how you can help us get some of these activity kits we're going to be talking about. And also we want to encourage you for those one-time donations. Miracle Maker uh, pledges are great, um, but if, if you feel like you can make a, a one-time donation, whether that's $1 or $1,000 or more, just call and make it. it. It is all very much appreciated. That's why we are here. And like you mentioned, we have a phone bank. Volunteers were here before 6 o'clock this morning ready to answer those phones. That number will get right to the phone bank if you call 843-777-GIVE. That's 843-777-4483. Take a break. Back in a few. Hi, I'm Diamanda Pike, Braden's mom. Pike. My name is Braden Pike. I get a call from the coach, and then the first thing he says is, don't panic, so I almost threw my phone because, um, of course, I was panicking because it scared me when he said that. All I remember is running out the door and yelling at my daughter like I'm leaving. I don't even know if I told her where I was going. And all he said to me was that Braden blacked out on the field. And I had just left because my daughter had to have um, something turned in at a certain time. We didn't leave to the very end of the game, so I was really surprised to even get a phone call like that. My husband calls uh, Braden's dad and says, and he's the assistant coach. He's with him. He said, I'm with him. He's just not acting right. You know, when he goes to stand up, he's he can't. He's about to black out. And he said that while he was running the ball, he said he blacked out before anybody even touched him. Like, literally, he, could, he couldn't see and just fell. And then he woke up pushing people off of him. And I woke up, like my mom said, like pushing people off me. And then I laid down to, like, put my helmet off so I could breathe easier. But then when I tried to stand up, I black out again. Which was scary because then he couldn't stand up after that. So which is why we ended up in an ambulance and going to McLeod ER. They were wonderful. They got him right in and did all kinds of scary tests because um, I didn't realize this, but um, dehydration is a very serious thing. We use that term so loosely. Oh, I'm dehydrated. I have a headache. Or, oh, I'm, you know, real dehydration can cause heart problems. It can cause blood clots. And let me tell you, when you say those words to a mom, I thought, oh, I just broke down in the middle of the ER because it was, you know, he's 12. He can't go through this stuff right now. He's healthy. You know, he's supposed to be invincible. Oh boy, that, that was something. And the nurses calmed me down, honestly. I think her name was Kelsey in the ER. She was wonderful. Um, they were concerned, so they, about his heart, um, mainly because he said that he had a lot of pain near his heart and he was having trouble breathing 
when he in the ambulance on the way over a couple of different doctors came in one doctor ordered a bunch of tests the second doctor comes in um, his name was dr jane he was super nice and i liked him because he explained things at my level and not you know so much at a doctor's level like i wouldn't have a clue what he was talking about they called it a syncope or a basal vagal response to being dehydrated that can cause an array of problems so of course they, they ordered they said we want you to stay overnight we got into the room about two in the morning um, the sweet nurse comes in and Braden is starving well she scoured um all kinds of places to find Braden a, a hot pocket two o'clock in the morning i would normally be asleep but no i was not and i ate the meatball hot pocket that was very good they had a whole playroom the size of like a one-story house <laughs> It was huge, and they had PS5s, Nintendo Switch, Xbox, a basketball court, and Legos. It was pretty cool. Even my dad had fun in the playroom, so if you go to the hospital by chance, I hope you don't, but McLeod Hospital, ask him about the playroom, the big one. They were just over-the-top nice. Cardiologist came in. He had an echo to make sure his heart was fine. Cardiologist, Dr. Steffel. He's wonderful. He also helped me understand what happens when an episode like that. But they were just wonderful. I don't mean, I, I know that that sounds cliche or whatever. As a mom, you want your kids to be safe, to feel safe. And you want a place to take them that you know that they're going to talk to you and not talk down to you or not, you know, use these big words that you have no idea what they're saying or what they're talking about. And that's important to a mom to know that they're going to be there to take care of him and I don't have to worry that I know that, this, that, that he's going to get, or my, all any of my kids are going to get the best care. Call 777-GIVE. Call 777-GIVE. Help kids like me. Thank you. This is the Children's Miracle Network Radiothon, presented by Monraga Roofing of South Carolina on Live 95. Become a miracle maker today. Call 843-777-GIVE. We're back on the campus of McLeod Health for the McLeod Children's Hospital Radiothon. It's actually the Children's Miracle Network Radiothon, I think. I want to make sure it's, just, it's a little bit like a NASCAR driver. It's the, um, it's the McLeod Children's <laughs> Hospital brought to you by the Children's Miracle uh, network radiothon. We, we, we before we went to break, Rev tried to explain uh, where these items are, how you can find the items, how you can bid on the items. Uh, my understanding is the uh, the auction closes one on Friday. That's right. I mean, we want miracle makers, we want one time contributions, but I'm going to do the best I can to instigate the Clemson Gamecock rivalry. Yeah, and um, and it's always worked because you folks out there a little bit, you got a lot of pride and you ain't real smart anyway. Though, <laughs> which is, but but in all honesty, you left that last part well, I mean, off. It, it's just it, it's 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 part of the rivalry for one to try and up the other, and um, and this is an opportunity for a Gamecock or Tiger fan to not only um, purchase a football signed by the either coach, but uh, but the money goes toward a very worthy cause. So we got a Shane Beamer. Autographed football, a Dabo Sweeney autographed football. I think one is how much rev? How much is the Beamer ball okay, right me, now? I got to go down through the list here because okay. I have the, it's, it's a long list to, of items. And I want you to tell people about the items. Okay, so the Shane Beamer autographed current bid is, uh, and as the Gamecock football, by the way, has the Gamecock Block C logo on it, two hundred thirty dollars. Okay, and the Dabo, one hundred ten dollars. Hmm. 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 Okay. So coaching royalty. <laughs> 
is getting outpaced by a young buck who broke his foot kicking something after right. a recent loss. Yeah, I, I would be ashamed if I were a Clemson fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not. Glad I'm not. But I would be literally embarrassed to be a Clemson fan right now knowing that my football had only been bid on coaching royalty. Devo, multiple national champions, right? Right. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, two national championships. Yeah, that's what I've been And told. broke foot Shane Beamer's football is now bid on twice as much as Dabo's. How do you call yourself a Power 5 program? I mean, in all honesty, I mean, I know Clemson has slipped a bit, but how do you slip that much that fast? I just – anyway, uh, I'll stop there. Yeah. I don't want to get on too much of a tirade here. But, um, but anyway, Clemson, come on. I mean, really, let's go um, to the other items. Go, uh, go to MyRadiothon.com. All right, that'll take you to the site. Click on the Donate Here button, and that'll bring you to a uh, – I guess basically our McLeod site where the, where the Radiothon is, is, uh, is centered, and then there is a bid on auction items link there. You click on that, and that'll take you to... Well, apparently the Clemson fans can't find it. <laughs> right. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. So uh, I'm looking at the list at the auction site right now. There is a Morgan Wallen autographed guitar. Okay. That's a guitar. That is right. It's a $430, the current bid on that one. So that obviously is a popular item. We have an L. King autograph. Uh, that actually, there's no bids on that one. It's $50 is the starting bid on that. Kelly, Kelsey Ballerini autograph. There is a $50 bid on the Kelsey Ballerini autograph. Florence Flamingos, we have a bat and a jersey. We have a $50 bid on that so far. Uh, and a Johnny Bench autographed baseball. Mm. Current bid is $110 on the Johnny Bench autograph. So there's baseball. somebody of my generation that remembers the big red machine of the mid-'70s, and Johnny Bench was such a, an important cog of that big red machine. That's your yep. neck of the woods. Oh, You're yeah. part of the country. Yep. Red says he thought everybody had a big red machine. I did. Rest assured, everybody didn't. Everybody <laughs> wanted a big red machine. But, but you know, when you think of the big red machine, one of the first two or three players you think of is Johnny Bench. Sure. Yep. Johnny Bench and Pete Rose. No question. I thought everybody had a Johnny Bench and Pete Rose. I don't know. I was growing up in Cincinnati in the 70s. I mean, it was just our local baseball team. Uh, there's a Gary Allen autographed guitar. Current The bid on that is $200. Sam Hunt autographed guitar, $160. We have a Chris Stapleton autograph. Looks like a maybe a poster, and it is thirty-five dollars. Um, J.C. Horn, uh, Carolina Panthers jersey. Former Gamecock. Yep, sixty dollars currently on the jersey. We have a um, Xander Bogarts autographed bat, and this bat, I mean, it it must be a, a, an actual MLB. I mean, it's heavy. This. Uh, Bat Xander Bogarts. Uh, he was with the Red Sox, now with the Padres. Uh, $200 the current bid on that. Uh, Sean Murphy, catcher for the Braves, autographed a baseball. And this has been provided by the Atlanta Braves, and the current bid on that is $90. So that's, oh, this concert tickets, almost forgot. Uh, George Strait is coming in concert, and we have a set of concert tickets uh, that were donated by the promoter. And that current bid is $1,000 for those tickets. Okay. And there's probably no bigger deal over the last 30, 40 years in country music than George Strait. Yep. I mean, I know you say BG and AG, before Garth and after Garth. Well, guess what? George was George before Garth. True. And George has been George after, after Garth. So I think he's really one of the elite, elite, elite country music acts in America today. Um, I'm more aware and, and I'm more in tune and I'm more inclined to be – a part of the Gamecock Tiger rivalry. 
I mean, I, I love the big red machine, the Braves, the Pan. I mean, all those. I mean, I know who they are, and they mean something. But, uh, but I still believe the passionate fan base of the Gamecocks and Tigers should be able to raise at least at least a thousand bucks for each football. You are buying a football. You are demonstrating a support for your favorite team, but you're also helping um, children who end up in a place they wish they weren't, that being McLeod Children's Hospital. We are now in the midst of our first power hour of the day. Um, We need 18 miracle makers. What is a miracle maker? $15 a month. That's $180 a year. Why are we, Rev, trying to get 18 miracle makers in our first power hour of the day? That is our goal because we are wanting to acquire some activity kits for kids, and these are items, kits that the kids can use while they're here in the hospital and take home with them. And there are things like Lego kits, a baby doll kit, coloring sets, just activities they can keep in their room while they're here at McLeod Children's Hospital, but they also get to take them home. But uh, but we're going to help buy some of those kits today during the next, uh, well, until 7.30 is our official power hour uh, where we are shopping for those items. And to get those items, our goal is 18 Miracle Makers. Looks like we have five of the Miracle Makers already. And uh, so we need some more to meet the goal. And you can become a Miracle Maker by calling right now at 843-777-4483. The operator volunteers are standing by. Or you can text the word Radiothon to 844-937-3993. Rev gave a uh, a lot of the summaries of the items we have up for auction. You can donate online at MyRadiothon.com. Dot com. Before we take our break, we want to make sure we thank our sponsors. Again, Monraga Roofing is our title sponsor, station sponsors, Harris Pest Control, uh, Phone Bank sponsor, Palmetto Commercial Real Estate. Our Miracle Maker sponsor is also Palmetto Commercial Real Estate. Half-day sponsor is King Cadillac. And we're about to, well, in the next 15 minutes or so, announce our Thursday morning, 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock a.m. Power Hour sponsor. We'll take another break. We'll be back. In just a few moments. We're back on the campus of McLeod Health in the concourse area. Uh, the Children's Miracle Network Radiothon. You normally get your political fix. Not the case yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We're doing more serious work, right, Rev? That's right. Raising money for a children's hospital. So we need 18 miracle makers. For what? what? What did you say we're trying to do? Uh, we are shopping for kits for the kids. These are activity kits, baby doll kits, Lego kits, coloring sets, uh, f- available for the kids that are in Children's Hospital here at McLeod. Uh, they can use them to keep them in their room, help them occupy their time, but they also get to take the kit home with them. So we are buying uh, several of those kits, as many as we can this hour. 18 Miracle Makers is our goal. And we have eight. Yep. Okay, so we need, you ready, folks in Pamplico? We need 10 more. 10 more wouldn't make that 8 plus 10 equals, equals 18 every time. You didn't even pull out your phone to calculate that. I mean, we, we can do some of that elementary figuring <laughs> on our fingers and toes. In all seriousness, the point we tried to make earlier, and I want to be, I mean, I tend to be redundant and persistent and overbearing, to be honest with you. But, but the thing that dawned on me yesterday was not only are we asking people to give money, we are. There's no doubt about it, and I'm not, I'm not going to say, well, I mean, we're not here to raise. We are here to raise money. But I think the one revelation, if there is any, yesterday was the investment, the buy-in, the stakeholder, the shareholder, whatever you want to call um, yourself. We, we, we all participate in, in local economies. 
we buy groceries, we buy gas, we, you know, uh, we coach Little League Baseball. We, whatever, whatever your contribution to the common good of your community is, you become somewhat of, a, uh, of an investor, a, a shareholder, a, stake, a stakeholder. And I've always thought, yeah, the amount of money matters. We want to raise more this year than we did last. That's kind of how we measure ourselves and gauge whether we were yep. successful or not. But, but it's not the amount of money solely and alone. And stay, you know, it, it's part of becoming, uh, having a degree of buy-in into something that is going to make our area uh, a better place and improve the quality of life. And I said it, I'll say it again. I wish we didn't need children's hospitals. I wish every kid... When they got on a four-wheeler, they got off the four-wheeler as if they, you know, nothing of that. But it's not the world we live in. We live in a very imperfect world. Things happen that we don't see coming. Um, the one fear, the greatest fear of my life still, and my kids are 32, th- uh, 33, 32, and 20, is something health-related and having to deal with that, the uncertainty, the anxiety, the confusion, the fear that comes along with that. Well, somebody today will have something like that happen, and they'll need medical care. So it's not just how much money you give, but it's the buy-in you've demonstrated and this community providing the quality care that the kids who have unexpected things happen um, need. So we're asking you to con- uh, to make a contribution. Uh, the number, 843-777-4483. You can text Radiothon to 844 844- Nine three seven three nine nine three. You can donate online at myradiothon.com. Uh, I don't know. We didn't look at the the quote or the the bids on the footballs lately. But the most embarrassing group of people that that, that I can think of right now <laughs> should be Clemson Tiger fans because you've got a coaching royalty football sign that is only what one hundred ten dollars when we last looked. Yep. You got broke foot Shane Beamer. <laughs> football at about $230, $40. And I just don't think Clemson fans will let that stand. I don't think there's any way we'll get to, right. the, to the 8 o'clock hour with, with the Dabo ball being priced cheaper than than the Beamer ball. Um, we need you to bid on those footballs. I always instigate this friendly rivalry, sometimes not so friendly, between Gamecocks and Tigers. Back in a few. We're back at McLeod on the campus of McLeod Health, the concourse area. Um, I want to make sure I get this right. You ready, Rip? Mm-hmm. We're uh, this is the Children Miracle Network Radiothon on behalf of the McLeod Children's Hospital. Is that very the well proper said. script? Okay, I did good on yes, that. Yes, sir. Um, we don't have a update on the footballs, right? I just looked. We, I... we just had a conversation yep. w- with our next guest for about ten minutes about Gamecocks and Tigers, and I'm just. I mean, I'm just. I'm not trying to. Stirred up. I'm, I'm honestly not. I'm trying to be very objective and fair-minded sure? about this. But it should be embarrassing to Clemson fans <laughs> that, that, that the uh, the Brokefoot Beamer Ball is has a higher bid than the coaching royalty. And I mean that sincerely. And I mean, that's still true, by the way. How many college look. football coaches in America today have multiple national championships? Nick Saban. That's rare. Nick Saban has multiple, 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 multiple national championships. Dabo has multiple national is, is that be a good question? So, is Dabo and Saban currently the only Power Five football coaches that have multiple national championships? I think they are. Yeah, I can't think of anybody. But Urban Meyer's not coaching. No, um, they may be the only two. So, so Clemson fans have coaching royalty, and the Gamecock fans have a kind of a young buck, up and comer. You think or you hope, and that ball's bringing more than the Clemson ball. So. I mean, I, I'd be 
embarrassed if I were <laughs> if I were Clemson. Go to myradiothon.com and click on the donate here link, and then you're, you'll have a link there and, to bid to the auction items. And I'm not trying to insult anybody. I'm certainly not. That's not my intent here at all. I mean, my, my intent is to raise money. <laughs> and if we can pit these two fan bases go. against one another, somebody out there will get bothered by one football having a higher bid uh, than the other. It's all in fun, and it's all to raise money for the Children's Hospital here at McLeod. We talk a lot about it. I'm always um, believing that listeners are more inclined to believe the people who work here every day. I said yesterday, I'll say it again today. We get here at about 6, a few minutes before. We're out of here a few minutes after 10. Uh, these people care for these kids day after day after day. They hear and see the stories that we talk about and, um, and then try to move and motivate you to make a contribution. Lisa Woodbury is a nurse practitioner at McLeod Pediatric Endocrinology Associates. Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good yep. deal. And she's a Clemson Tiger. Uh, <laughs> so y'all bid on that football. <laughs> there you go. There you go. See, one of their own says it, that yeah. they won't be as bothered. Yep. Who's that guy on the game? Who's that big game cock fan? Think he is insulting, insulting our fan base. We we do want to instigate. I mean, it, it's a fun rivalry, and I mean that sincerely. And and all the money. It's not about whether or not the Beamer or Dabo Ball are worth more money. It's all the money goes to to help these kids, and that's a very worthwhile endeavor. By the way, before you get into the interview, Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart, you're right. Yeah, two-time national championship at Georgia. Yep, just got a message. Yeah, okay. Um, (laughs) Okay, we we got listeners paying attention. (laughs) That that, that scares me a little bit. (laughs) I I would rather listeners be passive in there and they're paying attention to what I say because sometimes I may twist and turn uh, things as they are. So, so Lisa, um, what is the – let's talk about pediatrics. Um, that's the caring for kid. I've always wondered, when do you stop becoming a kid? You know, is there an age? Is there well, a weight? Is there a, is there a bone density or a yeah. size? Well, in our office, um, we try to see them through college because we do feel like that they are still, you know, basically children through college. But I do have some early 20s that I'm still trying to take <laughs> care of because I've taken care of them for so long, I like their whole life. And so um, we don't take new patients after 18, but we do keep some of our established patients through like 21, 22-ish. Kind of like the cell phone scholarship. There is no end. <laughs> it's in perpetuity. Right, right, so so right. Uh, when I think of diabetes, I think of older people, people that have complications. They didn't take care of themselves. They got some sort of, I don't know, imbalance in their lives. But that's not necessarily the case. Children are affected by diabetes. Right. Um, how or how does diabetes affect a child? What is the difference between type 1, type 2? What sort of symptoms do you yeah. see in childhood diabetics? So most people who think of children with diabetes think of children with type 1 diabetes. So type 1 diabetes is really what I call a, a bad luck disease. It's not anything they did to cause it. It was not caused by diet. It was not caused by genetics. Um, it's an autoimmune condition where the pancreas shuts down and these children have to take insulin for the rest of their life um, unless there's a down the road, but um, it completely changes a child and a family's life. Um, it can happen at any age. Um, it is more common in in younger in in in, in children and adolescents than it is in adulthood. Um, but you know, it, it changes it changes the whole the whole family. Um, you know, now they have to take care of this child 100% of the time. The child can no longer just run to a spend the night party or to school without all these supplies and all these things. So it completely changes not only the child's life but the family. 
family. Um, unfortunately, we type 2 diabetes is what we think of in, in adults, and it used to be an adult disease, but unfortunately with all of the obesity that we have um, in children um, these, these days, um, our incidence of type 2 in children has really risen. So um, type 2 diabetes doesn't always entail lifelong insulin, but they can be on insulin. So, um, so most, most children who have diabetes are type 1, but that is changing kind of as the months go by. And not for the good. Not for the good. Yeah, that, that's that's exactly kind of interesting. Right. I read a lot about, about that. Yeah. So, so we've had a lot of uh, breakthroughs and technological advancements. Yep. How has technology improved how young kids deal with their diabetic situations? So um, so just in my time in endocrinology for the last 18 years, I have just seen the technology just just really improve. Um, you know, back in the day, you had to, you know, prick your finger with this, you know, big lancet and check your blood sugar, and the needles were long to give yourself insulin. And now we have um, automated insulin pumps, so we have continuous glucose monitors. These children can wear these monitors and never have to prick their finger. The parents can follow their blood sugars on their cell phone when they're at school or such. Um, and then we have, you know, insulin pumps, which we've had for a long time. But the, the biggest thing right now in our technology is the, the combination of the insulin pumps and the continuous glucose monitors, and they're talking to each other. So it's almost like functioning like a pancreas used to function before it you know, died. <laughs> um, so, so these children are now able to, you know, walk out of the house with just two devices on their bodies um, and usually a cell phone or some type of handheld device. Um, and they're not having to take needles with them or prickers to prick their fingers and such like that. But not only does it help the child not have to, you know, go through all these things, but the families are able to keep track of them a little more with all the technology. And that stuff is changing, you know, monthly. We have, you know, new things and um, new ways to you know, follow the kids and, and you know, kind of see. Um, and it also is from a safety standpoint because, you know, their blood sugar can drop. Say you have a teenager who's driving and you worry, you know, they have diabetes. Do I really want to let them drive? But these continuous glucose monitors, you know, make you aware of what your blood sugar's doing. So if you are starting to get into trouble, um, then it warns you and it warns the parent as well. So lots of, lots of good things. And, you know, if you talk to parents who had children diagnosed 10 years ago, they're like, oh my gosh, I would have given my right arm to have the technology that these people have today so but it is improving and there's still you know there's obviously still not the perfect world but down the road we're you know really expecting for it to get better and better so so that's after a child has been diagnosed mm -hmm. what if you're suspicious what if something about your kid leads you to believe there needs to be further evaluation what sort of symptoms or what should make you suspicious yeah. as so, a parent? So symptoms of type 1 diabetes would be um, weight loss, um, increased thirst, increased urination, um, and those are all things that eventually will kind of come to a head and the child will get real sick and start vomiting. But if you've noticed that your child is all of a sudden wetting the bed and they never were wetting the bed or they're just, you know, drinking just gallons and gallons of water, um, that's a sign. And so the sooner you get diagnosed, the better because you don't end up you know, into what we call diabetic ketoacidosis and in the, in the pediatric intensive care unit. So if your child has any of those symptoms, the best thing to do is take them to their pediatrician. And it's a, you know, very simple um, blood test, you know, blood finger prick um, just to, to make sure. Um, and then that way you catch it early and you don't end up, you know, really sick. Okay. If, um, if you're collaborating, what, what, what would a typical collaboration look like with you, in, in, in the field of expertise you're in, 
and the Children's Hospital. Okay, so all of our, or I say all, I'd say, you know, 95% of our children who are diagnosed with type 1 diabetes come into the emergency room because they're very, very sick. They don't have any idea what's wrong. They're diagnosed with diabetes, so they're put in the hospital. Um, and so while they're in the hospital, the doctors, the nurses, the diabetes educators, they're teaching them how to care properly for their, for their child. And then once, obviously, they leave the hospital, then it's kind of our job to pick up all that. So we, um, we really count a lot on the Children's Hospital because that's the the first, you know, dealings that this parent has with when you're told something like that, you're just so devastated that if they didn't have that one-on-one care or that just continuous support, if you think about, you know, what if you were diagnosed and they said, oh, just go home and give your child insulin and check their blood sugar. And so it's so important, even when they're not sick, sick, to just be in the hospital and have the support of the nurses and the doctors and just, you know, people showing you how to do things and, and, and just giving you that support. And so, um, so we, we really value um, the Children's Hospital and, and everything that they do for our children. And then, you know, unfortunately, kids with diabetes can get sick at any time, even when they're diagnosed. So um, they can, you know, get a stomach virus, and that stomach virus is not just like our kids getting stomach virus. I mean, they can go in the hospital just because of all the complications that they can have. So, you know, that's important for the hospital to be there as well for that because they have to kind of get mended up and, and head back home. So You're not given winning lottery tickets. You're treating kids who are sick. I've often wondered why, why you want to do that. Why not find a funner job? And you know, but 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 I, I've, I've been led to believe from talking to you and a lot of other people who do what you do that watching a kid recover, seeing the healing process is indeed rewarding. Is there a story or two that is memorable to you? About, well, about a, you know, a kid yeah. having an issue and well, recovering. Well, I don't know that, that there's definitely one particular issue, but, you know, I have, because I've been here so long, I've, I've watched children, you know, truly just grow up with this disease. And, and as we empower them to care for themselves, then they turn into adults who care for themselves. Um, and the opposite of that is, you know, not good. And those are the ones that y'all think about with, you know, adults with complications and such. But, um, you know, we do have a couple of families that have two siblings that have type 1 diabetes, which is kind of double bad luck. <laughs> um, so I do have, you know, a couple of families that are just dear to my heart and just, you know, how, how they have, you know, just so resilient to, to move through this. But there's nothing more rewarding than, you know, having a child and, or, and a family who doesn't know anything about diabetes. And then in a couple of months, they are just, you know, they are just killing it. They are just, you know, taking care of this child like, like you know, we could. Um, and so it's a, it's, it's not a particular story because they're all just such heroes to to live like that every day it's it's you know we we can't even imagine because we don't have to do it um but they are they're just all so such neat kids and, and families and and our job is to play off of what her testimony is living uh things we talk about three days a year and uh and i've always said that would be the best time to ask for a donation when you hear someone like lisa who lives this every every day um and you can do that by calling 843 843- 777-4483. You can text the word Radiothon to 844-937-3993. You can donate online at MyRadiothon.com. I want to make sure we thank our sponsors. Our title sponsor is Monraga Roofing. Our station sponsor is Harris Pest Control. Phone bank sponsor, Palmetto Commercial Real Estate. Miracle Maker sponsor, Palmetto Commercial Real Estate. Half Day sponsors, King Cadillac. And we're now on the Thursday Power Hour uh, Palmetto Mining and Palmetto Concrete uh, are our Power Hour sponsors. Thanks to all of our sponsors. And, um, and, and I guess we're pleading 
with our listenership to make a contribution. I don't know your financial situation. You do. You know what you can afford, what you can't afford. We are Rev 16. Uh, we got 16 power. I mean, uh, miracle makers yep. in this power hour. It concludes in just a couple of minutes. So we need two more to meet our obligation to um, to go shopping and buy. What is it? Lego uh, kits. Ac- activity kids. Activity kits for kids that are in the hospital. They can take the kids home with them. But they're they're uh, we're taking our 18 miracle maker pledges uh, this hour uh, to get baby doll kits, Lego kits, coloring sets. But again. They, the kid that's in the hospital, the child can use the activity kit to help pass the time while they're in the hospital, but they can take it home with them as well. So we're looking to get a lot of those, and 18 Miracle Makers is our goal. We have 16 of the 18, and again, your $15 a month uh, pledge for a year is uh, it makes you a Miracle Maker. 843-777-GIVE. Take a break. Back in a few. Welcome back. Our next guest is Dr. Richard Alexander, Chief Medical Officer here at McLeod. I'm a McLeod Physician Associate, yes. Okay, and you've been here how many years? Been here about 30 years. So you're an old hand here. I'm an old hand. You've seen the campus develop over over time. Uh, the reason we're here is to support the um, the Children's Hospital. The Children's Miracle Network Radiothon raises X number of dollars. We don't know what that number will be until sometime late tomorrow afternoon. You'd be the appropriate person to ask this. Why is the Children's Hospital and its advancement so important to healthcare in the PD? So um, I'll tell you from a selfish standpoint, um, I had one of my um, boys who uh, was born at McLeod who had to go into the NICU for a few weeks. And um, the treatment that he needed uh, was able to be given here in the PD, which was extremely important to my wife and I. And uh, having a children's hospital is one of those things that you don't really appreciate until you have to use it yourself or you have a family member who has to use it. You just assume that things will be there when you need them, but until you actually experience it and and have a child who needs those services, you sort of take it for granted. Um, I no longer take that for granted, and I'm I'm extremely proud that McLeod has dedicated resources, has dedicated personnel to to specialize and help take care of the the kids of the PD. So I, I think it's extremely important that we uh, support the McLeod Children's Hospital. Um, again, obviously, it, it helped me personally with my son, but I think we all go through life and, and never realize you may have a, a child, a grandchild, and never need those services, but when you need them, you need them now and you need them fast. Dr. Alexander, we, we talked earlier about the amount of money it takes to run a hospital. I don't have any idea. i got to believe it's a lot of money from here and a lot of money from there. I mean, I consider the hospital somewhat of a public utility almost. I mean, it, it serves the community, but it takes money to keep the, the boat afloat. Um, we're going to try to raise more money this year than we did last. But I think one of the important components, and I want to get your take on this, the community's buy-in. I mean, you know, when you give $20 to the Children's Hospital, you are an investor in something. You have taken a stake in something. Is that important to you? It's extremely important. And I'll tell you, our CEO, Donna Isgett, um, often says that um, we are a local place taking care of local people. And, um, again, we, we have to invest in our community to keep the services that we need. 
and um, it, it's important for us to be able to take care of the, the patients that we serve in this area. And, and I'm extremely proud of what McLeod has done to, to continue to be able to do that with the Children's Hospital. And you would agree that the, the hospital is an extension of uh, just providing a higher degree of care? Uh, when it I is. was younger, I mean, I'll, tell, I'll say that when I was younger and something happened to a kid, the, the words world-class care, you went to Duke or Johns Hopkins or the Mayo Clinic, now you feel like you can get that sort of care here locally. Oh, extremely. It, and, you know, the amount of money that um, we invest in making sure that we have the physicians and the technology and the nurses and the techs to take care of children um, is extremely important. And we see that as a mission for us in the PD to be able to support um, the families and, and the kids who need these services. Because I said, you know, I wish there weren't a hospital. I wish there weren't kids that needed a hospital, but that's not that's not the world we live in. Uh, I do want to remind people, Rev, mm-hmm. that they can make a donation. We are, we have, we had an update. We're 16 of 18 in our Miracle Makers. That's $15 a month. Um, that gets, I mean, that's a predictable, consistent way to make a contribution to the, uh, to the Radiothon. But, um, but right now, I think we, we're almost or, or past the end yep. of the power hour. But uh, we're trying to get 18 Miracle Makers to go shopping and provide what for the kids in the Children's Hospital? Over the last hour, we've been acquiring, uh, thanks to the donations, kits for kids, activity kits. We're talking Lego kits, baby doll kits, coloring sets, and these activity kits the, the children can use while they're in the hospital, but also take home with them. And, of course, it keeps them occupied while they're here uh, with whatever's going on in their situation, but they can use those activities. So it's an important part of, of the child's stay here at the hospital. They also get to take those activity kits home. And our goal over the past, like you say, we're just ending the, uh, the, the shopping over the last power hour. And last update is that we had 16 of the 18, and we'll check in a second to see if we actually hit the goal. And you can make donations by calling 843 843- Seven 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 four four eight three. Let me say that again. Eight four three seven 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 four four eight three. You can text the word Radiothon eight four four nine three seven three nine nine three. Donate online at myradiothon.com. I want to thank our sponsors once again. Monrago Roofing is our title sponsor. Our station sponsors Harris Pest Control. Phone Bank sponsors Palmetto Commercial Real Estate. Uh, a Miracle Maker sponsor is also Palmetto commercial real estate our half day sponsor is king cadillac and our power hour sponsor palmetto mining palmetto concrete so local businesses kind of sort of putting their money where their mouth is investing buying in supporting uh, the children's hospital here on the campus as we are spending three days here on the campus of mcleod health dr alexander thank you very much for your time appreciate what you do sir thank you okay we'll take a break we'll be back in just a few moments we're back on the campus of McLeod Health, Concourse area, uh, the Children Miracle Network Radiothon to benefit the McLeod Children's Hospital. We met our number. We yep. did get 18 in the last hour, Miracle Makers. Thank you. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to those who have decided to contribute. I'll get to the football here in just a couple of minutes. But um, but we're doing, are we in another power hour? Is there another shopping spree? Are we trying to purchase something specifically? Yep, we'll give you some details in a few minutes, but we are... Shopping for a, is it Nara Bassinet? Yeah, and one of those. Tw- 20 Miracle Makers is our goal for this hour because they are $3,112.50 each. Okay, okay. I've always felt the best testimonies are those who are 
officially associated. They're not here for three days and out. Uh, they're here day after day after day. Next guest is not just a physician here, good friend of mine. We, uh, we see one another at the gym a good bit, and we complain about the world a good bit, and we talk football and politics a good bit. Dr. Al Gilpert, a pediatric orthopedic surgeon, is with us. Good morning, sir. How are you? Very good. And I, I don't know anything about your professional life other than it is very passionate about kids. Where does that come from? I mean, why? Why? And and I being in politics, I got a pretty good BS meter. And but but your sincerity in caring for those kids just just shines through. What 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 about that inspires well, you? Well. First of all, I want to thank community broadcasting system. I do want to thank the hospital for giving me a pedestal to take care of kids. There's some people in this community uh, that have been very supportive of what I do and the children. Chick-fil-A guys have been good. McCall Farms have been good. Um, Gene Leatherman has been very good to what, what, what I do here. But I will tell you that um, I'm not trying to turn this into a Sunday school lesson. And my wife will be the first to tell you that I'm not a biblical scholar. But there's a Bible verse, Luke 12, 48, that says, To him that has been given much, much is required. And I can tell you, most of us right now in this radio area, we live in Camelot. We live in a nice home. We have a, a, a nice family. I have three children that are wonderful. But I see a lot of people in my office that don't have anything. Um, they have complicated medical problems. They have very difficult issues with their life. I'm humbled every day in my office by the problems these children have. And they come to my office with a smile on their face. Their parents come to my office with a smile on my face. And at this stage in my life, at age 67, is to change children's lives and to make lives make these lives better for the children. Why is this children's hospital so important? Why is the support, the community support of the hospital so important? Well, I can tell you from personal experience, McLeod has given me a pedestal and to, to take care of children from everywhere. McLeod is like the Ellis Island of the PD. These children show up with complicated problems we don't ask questions. We take care of them the best we can, and we never say no. Um, in my practice, we never say no. Had a child that I just heard about from a parent that had a tumor in their leg. I don't take care of musculoskeletal tumors, but I diagnosed a tumor and sent the patient to a tumor expert. But we are like the Ellis Island we want to take care of every child in this community that needs us. Let me ask you, in, in your life, you've decided to not just treat the medical condition, but to be somewhat of an ambassador of goodwill. Um, do you think that's important, not, not just to treat the medical condition, but to try and inspire that kid to think life could offer him more than, than some of these kids you tell me about believe life could offer? Well, I, I, I'm going to tell you all a little story that I go by. And I don't want to bore you because, as it turned out, this guy turned out to be sort of a creepy guy. But in 1980, Michael Jackson had an album. And the name of the album was Bad. And he had a song on that album, This Man in the Mirror. 
And the lyrics on that song said, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. And when I leave for work in the morning, that's what drives me to go to work every day is changing children's lives. Whether it's giving them a, a, a pumpkin for Halloween or a Chick-fil-A card because they make good grades, that's what it's all about. We got about a minute and a half. You, you mentioned some of the businesses. We got a lot of sponsors here. I mean, we got a list of sponsors that have decided to be a part of this. How important is that for the business community to invest in not just the kids, you treat the kids in general? I'm going to tell you all a quick story. I got to make it quick. But I had a girl, a mama and a small child come to my office six months ago. She had a broken leg. And as we looked at this mom, one eye would not open. Well, my nurse asked his mom, what happened? Well, this child had gotten shot in a drive-by shooting, had the bullet went out that one eye. She came back six weeks later and the break was healed and all mom could talk about is how wonderful the Lord is that the break was healed and she had a glass eye. And these children need us. These children do not have, these are horrible circumstances children cheat, come to see me with. And we need to reach out as a community and do everything we can under the umbrella of the Children's Hospital to help support them. That's very well explained. And you hear the passion in his voice. We don't talk, when I talk to Al, I don't talk about broken bones. I don't talk about, you know, the medical conditions. I talk about life. And he treats these kids as if they need somebody to encourage them that there's a, a better tomorrow. It's kind of medicine meets life. And I've always respected, admired what Dr. Gilpin does in regards to accepting, embracing that awesome responsibility. We'll take a break. We'll be back on the other side to um, tell you how you can help us be successful. Okay, let's set the stage for the second half of this edition of Wake Up Carolina. We're on the campus of McLeod Health. We're hosting the Children's Miracle Network Radiothon to benefit the McLeod Children's Hospital. We're asking you to donate money to make a contribution to support this uh, children's hospital. We're, what are we doing now? We're, we're, we need we're, 20 miracle makers. We're you're, you're, better, you're better at the formatics of this job than I am. I, I, I ad lib and freelance far too much for these, um, these, these regulated ways of doing things. So I'll defer to you to make sure we get exactly uh, the point across what we're trying to do, why we need our listeners' help. We are shopping this hour. We are shopping for expensive items. These are the NARA bassinets. How do you know it's not NARA? I don't. Okay. I don't. But I do know that they are $3,112.50 each. So we are, our goal this hour is 20 Miracle Makers. Of course, we accept, you know, one-time donations. The Miracle Maker is $15 a month. Uh, we certainly appreciate every, if you can do $1 one time, that's appreciated. Do $1,000 one time, that's appreciated. Uh, Miracle Makers, $15 a month, that equals $180 a year. So our goal this hour is 20 Miracle Makers for the NARA or NARA 
bassinet. Uh, and we're shopping with these, and they're important because a C-section mom will have easy access to the baby. The bassinet fits right up next to mom's bed, and it's an ergonomic positioning for the caregiver. So it's really designed uh, for uh, the new mom after a C-section and the baby's care in this bassinet. So $3,112.50 each. Let's get 20 Miracle Makers so we can get one of those. We have two so far, two Miracle Maker commitments uh, that since the hour started. So we want that, obviously, to get up to 20. And the way you can become a Miracle Maker is make that pledge right now by calling 843-777-GIVE and say, I want to be a miracle maker. I want to help buy one of those bassinets and then we'll get your $15 a month pledge. $15 a month for a year. It's $180 a, a year. It's 50 cent a day. Um, it's, I'm trying to think of what it is, but there's nothing that costs 50 cent anymore. Everything, I would say it's a cup of coffee, but a cup of coffee today is two bucks or three bucks or whatever. Um, okay, let's do this. You ready? Um, not to be an instigator by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, as a loyal Gamecock fan, unabashed, absolute Gamecock fan here, um, I guess a glutton for punishment would be a better way to explain my fandom. Um, Left Wiggins Bryce, heartbroke Saturday night. But, any, but anyway. Um, <laughs> That's another story. So the Beamer ball was at 230 The Dabo ball was at $110. Mm-hmm. And we made a kind of a joke of the Clemson fan base. How can Brookfoot Shane Beamer's football be worth twice as much as Dabo Sweeney's football? Right. Well, it's not anymore, right? That is right. The, the, the Clemson faithful have stepped up, um, and now the bid on the Clemson football is $300. It's still worth more than that. But, but here's my point. Gamecock Nation should be embarrassed that a program in such precipitous decline as Clemson's is. I mean, national championships are but a memory, a foggy memory, to be honest with you. They're they're crashing back to earth, and some Clemson fan is still willing to give 300 bucks for a has-been football coach and a has-been football program. Now, you Gamecock fans, do you believe in Beamer or not? Do you think the future is bright or not? Because if you do, there's no way. You let that stand. There's no way you allow the uh, the Clemson football to be 300 and the Gamecock only only 230. So look, Gamecock Nation, get off your butt. Somebody pay. I mean, it, the the footballs need to be a thousand dollars or better. In fact, we kind of go on the record to some of the folks at McLeod that we think we can gin up enough energy. I don't want to say animus. That's an overstatement. Nobody hates anybody. Well, some of you crazies do. I don't. Some of the best friends I got in this world are Clemson fans, and um. And I would take – I mean, I would give them the garnet shirt off my back. Um, I think they'd probably give me the orange shirt off, off their back. We have bank notes together, you know what I mean? So we're, we're, we're more than just friends. We're business partners. Um, but, but we're having fun here. And Rev and I always say, um, in, in the most manly way you can imagine, that don't you worry about the footballs. We'll take care of that. That's our thing. We'll, we'll get these fan bases competing with one another. Yeah. And somebody out there who's a loyal Clemson fan who's done fairly well in this economy, some Gamecock fan who's done fairly well in this economy will be compelled to uh, you know to, to, to pay the respects to the program that they're a fan of, but also – um, support the Children's Hospital. So that's what we're asking you to do. What better time to demonstrate your fandom for, for Gamecocks or Tigers than knowing the proceeds will go to uh, the McLeod Children's Hospital. So, so Rev and I are on the record. I mean, our necks are out there. 
you're either with us or you're not, as George W. Bush famously said. <laughs> Are you with us, Gamecocks and Tigers? Because right now we're at about 25% of what we've kind of, kind of swaggered in here saying we think we could do on these two footballs. I think the Clemson ball is 500. Uh, the Beamer ball's at about 200. And uh, in the name of the good spirit of the rivalry, let's, let's get a Gamecock who's done well, a Tiger who's done well, to up the ante on those two footballs. And we, we really believe that, that somebody out there, a Clemson fan, somebody out there at Gamecock, will give 1000 bucks, put that ball on display, but know that money went to um, support the McLeod Children's Hospital. I have confidence this will happen. And here's how you bid. So there's an auction website set up and runs through tomorrow at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, which the Radiothon will end tomorrow at 1, and that's when the bid, and it'll count down to the second. So if you're in there watching the items as we approach 1 o'clock tomorrow, you'll see the bids count down to the absolute last second at 1 o'clock. But if you go to myradiothon.com, and there's a Donate Here button. Just click on that Donate Here button. It'll take you to the page, and you'll see um, a link there that says Bid on Auction Items. Click that. takes you to the auction pa- uh, page. You can put in your information. You can see pictures of the items. And we're, we're talking about the, the Gamecock and the Tiger autographed, coach autographed footballs. There's a lot of items up there. We have country music memorabilia by country stars, including uh, guitars. I, mean, I think you'll find some of the stuff you like there um, if you're a country music fan. We also have Carolina Panthers items, Atlanta Braves items. We have a Xander Bogart's autographed bat, former Boston Red Sox, uh, now Padres player. Uh, and there's uh, actually there's a set of concert tickets for the George Strait concert. And uh, where's, where's the concert? Uh, it's I think in Charlotte, Charlotte. I think, yep. at Bank of America Stadium. Yep. Those uh, that bid on those tickets, by the way, thousand dollars right now. Wow. Yep. So find all these items we're talking about. Myradiothon.com. Click on donate here, then click on bid on auction items, and it'll take you right there to the auction site, and you can make your bid. Take care of your business right there. And, and the folks here, this is a partnership. The folks here at McLeod, are very, they're very coy and shrewd about what information they let us know. Are we, are we ahead of schedule, behind schedule, they doing as tell. well as we expected They won't to tell. Do, and they won't tell. But the only thing we do know is the, the auction items. I mean, we know today where we stand. We don't know where we end up. But we know that's kind of an e- – I don't want to say an easy way to keep score because we're not necessarily keeping score here. But, um, but, but you know, if, if the Beamer and Dabo ball bring what I expect them to bring, this would have been a successful three days here helping raise money for the McLeod Children's Hospital. Rev said something uh, a bit riveting yesterday, and as I like it, he never does, but when he does, <laughs> it's quite the unusual event. But, but he, said, he said yesterday Thanks. Thanks that it's not necessarily just a contribution. It's a contribution and a buy-in. And, and you know, I, I call it you become a stakeholder in something that is much bigger than you. Dr. Gilpin did a great job passionately explaining um, how the Children's Hospital does help these kids who, um, who are in unfortunate circumstances, whether it's socioeconomically or physically or whatever, whatever. This hospital, it, it, it covers all the bases. It not only provides, you know, the, the quality health care that you would expect a, a Children's Hospital to provide, it also takes some of the ancillary, so, some of the emotional. We had an emotional nah, therapy dog here. Yesterday, I mean, I would have never thought of that. So, so a kid goes to the hospital. I mean, they're scared to death. The parents are probably more afraid than the kid is. 
but but the you know they, they've got these therapy dogs that I think come on Friday and ease the anxiety and 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 put the, the you know the kid and family in a much better place. Well, I mean that's not that's not healthcare, but but it is. I mean it's part of the big picture of providing a you know a first rate experience for these um for these kids that end up at the McLeod Children's Hospital, and it is a fundraiser. We are soliciting contributions. We have a family. Whether you want to be or not, you are part of our family. Rev and I started this crazy, feeble attempt at Radio Brilliant some 11 years ago, and we've done well at garnering an audience, but it's not just an audience. It's a, um, it's a friendship. It's a, a collaborative effort. It is somewhat of a family feel. And, um, and the reason that we take three days and set aside and not talk about uh, Israel or Palestine or Hamas or Hezbollah or, or Donald Trump or Joe Biden is we feel this is a very worthy investment to make in in our community. And if you're named community broadcasters, how do you pass on an opportunity to not make a significant investment in your community? And, and I'd like to say I, I hope nobody ever needs a children's hospital, but there's a reason they build them all over the country. Things don't always go as planned. The unexpected happens, and kids end up in places that they wish they weren't, the family wishes they weren't, and I think one of the one of the strongest notions that we could have is a community attached, invested, committed to its children's hospital. So yeah, I mean it's twenty bucks or it's forty bucks or it's fifteen bucks a month for a year, but but it's more than that. It's the buy-in, and we're we're, we're trying to be the conduit for creating the buy-in of a community to something. I said something a second ago, and I don't is it's not a public utility. I mean, hospitals are, are health care providers, but there is some degree of public utility here because when something unexpected happens, you get in the car and you go to the hospital and you, you go to the emergency entrance and they kind of, you know, they get you squared away there and you end up, if you got a kid, you end up in a, in a children's hospital. And the opportunity for healing and positive outcome, Rev, is, is obviously much better when there is heavier investments made in in a children's hospital. I want to talk about the donations for a second. We talk about the miracle makers and our goal this hour. We have four of the 20 uh, that we're looking for miracle makers this hour as we shop for these bassinets we were talking about a few minutes ago. That's the $15 a month uh, commitment. One-time donations as well. Uh, whatever amount you think you would love to give uh, is certainly appreciated and accepted. One time or the miracle maker, $15 a month. But remember this about your donations. Um, they go to McLeod Children's Hospital. 100% of your donation stays local. No child is ever turned away from McLeod Children's Hospital regardless of their ability to pay. Every dollar stays local will benefit a child through the life-saving equipment, the services, the programs we've been talking about throughout the course of Radiothon. Zero percent administrative costs are taken out of your donation. McLeod Children's Hospital, they are your, they are our local children's hospital. It's local people caring for local people. And again, it kind of boils down to that. That's why we do this. 843-777-GIVE, or to get the auction items, go to MyRadioThon.com. And, and it's not just local people. It's businesses. It's groups. I mean, we've had, you know, this group donate, that group donate. We're, we're, we're trying to gin up a little fun with the Gamecock Tiger family. I mean, the Game, Gamecock Nation is a family. Tiger Nation is a family. Uh, you either went to school there, you pulled with the team. When, when I try to 
to, to instigate is the best word I could come up with. <laughs> it's not to antagonize one fan. I mean, you know well enough that I'm not trying to antagonize one face or one fan base over the other. It's just, you know, kind of a fun attempt to generate some curiosity about whether or not you, you, you want to be a contributor to this cause, Children's Hospital at McLeod. Um, but, it's, you know, some of the businesses have already stepped up and been supportive. Our title sponsor is Monraga Roofing. Our station sponsor is Harris Pest Control. Our phone bank sponsor, Palmetto Commercial Real Estate. Miracle Maker sponsor is also Palmetto Commercial Real Estate. Our half-day sponsor is King Cadillac. Um, we had a Thursday Power Hour sponsor earlier. We don't today, but I'm still going to mention. Palmetto Mining and Palmetto Concrete stepped up and became a part of this, of this effort. So it's, I mean, it's, it's collaborative. There are a lot of people from a lot of different places, a lot of different walks of life. Some have seen up close and personal. Dr. Gilpin was on the air a few moments ago and talked about his experiences and his passion about the Children's Hospital. And someone called while he was on the air and made a contribution because he cared for two of their kids. So there's very personalized attachment there. Some is more distant. I mean, it's not as personal. You live here. You believe you understand the significance of having a children's hospital. You got a little extra money. You make a donation. You make an investment to Res Point. You buy in uh, to what we're doing here, and it takes all of us. I mean, I don't buy into what Hillary said. It takes a village to raise a community, or excuse me, to raise a kid, but it does take a community to support a McLeod Children's Hospital, and, you know, we on Wake Up Carolina have become somewhat, somewhat of a community. Uh, 843-777-4483. Text Radiothon to 844-937-3993. You can donate online at MyRadiothon.com. And Gamecocks, last I checked, the Dabo ball was at 300. The USC ball, the Beamer ball was at about 230. That can't stand. I mean, that just can't stand. A program in precipitous decline with a has-been as a head coach cannot, <laughs> cannot bring more money than the up-and-coming, broken-footed <laughs> Shane, Shane Beamer. Uh, let's take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. Okay, I'll ask Rev to give us an update. We are on the campus of McLeod Health on behalf of the Children's Hospital here at McLeod. Got a special guest here. We'll get to it in just a second, but the update, Rev, is? Our goal is 20 Miracle Makers this hour. We have 11 of the 20 so far, and we're shopping for these bassinets that are $3,112.50 each. Is it a Nara or a Nara bassinet? I don't know that I know for sure. Okay. So, but what it's is one it? of Nara. So, it's a Nara okay. bassinet. There you go. Now okay. we know. In Pamplico, we'd probably say Nara. <laughs> it's, it's Nara. But 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 you but you you you, you pedigreed people would say Nara, right? So so That's we're it. we're we're trying to buy how many of these? Uh, well, I think one. One. Yep. They're, okay. they're three thousand one hundred twelve dollars and fifty cents each. Okay. Uh, so our goal is twenty miracle makers this hour. Again, we have eleven of of the twenty. Um, but I do notice something. I'm looking at the phone bank now, and none of our volunteers are on the phone. Okay. So that the, means we're not doing our job right, as well as it needs to be done. Right. Not good. Uh, 843-777-GIVE. One of those volunteers will pick up the phone as soon as you call because obviously the phone lines are open. 843-777-4483. Okay, we get these lists of guests scheduled to appear. And then I get a, a sheet handed to me every now and then if somebody was not scheduled to appear. Uh, but has a story, a very interesting and human story about their experience here at the hospital. They do this better than I can. 
I mean, they've lived this. They've experienced in the first person why the hospital is so important. Skylar Bunch is a um, is a parent of a 10-month-old. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Almost 10 months. That, that had was was born at full term, but had some medical complications that required your baby, the most precious thing in your world, I got to believe, to be in the children's hospital. Um, what I mean, walk me through. When did you realize something was wrong? How did you end up at the children's hospital, and, and uh, what sort of experience did you have? Okay, so um, so we had a fairly healthy pregnancy, no issues. I came in to get a scheduled induction, and you know, I was in labor for a couple of days. And Hudson came out. They had to use a vacuum because he was stuck. He wasn't coming out, and so he finally came out. And then they rushed him to the NICU because anytime they you have a vacuum assisted delivery, you know, they need to check him out, make sure everything's fine. And it was mid-morning, he came back, and he had kind of a bruise on the back of his head from the vacuum. And so they came in, they kept on monitoring him, and then I woke up the next morning. He wasn't wanting to eat. He was starting to turn yellow, and the NICU doctor on call came in and said, hey, we need to check his bilirubin. So they went to go take him to get his blood drawn, came back. They said he has elevated levels of bilirubin, which means that his body is not breaking down that, or it is breaking down that red blood cells that's on the bruise on the back of his head. However, his body's not filtering out that bilirubin like you and I would. So he had to go do phototherapy in the NICU. So you're freaking out. I was freaking out because at that point, my husband was awake with him, and all of a sudden I woke up and just heard neurological damage. Like, that's the only thing I heard. So I was freaking out, which he's fine, thankfully, but why they're so cautious with elevated elevated bilirubin levels is because the blood-brain barrier is not fully closed, and elevated bilirubin can cause neurological problems. And so they immediately took him to the NICU, and he was there pretty much our whole hospital stay. We stayed for three days. Um, He was under two overhead phototherapy lights, the blue lights, and then he was also on a blanket. So he was wrapped up in a blue blanket, and he had lights over him and had feeding tubes and everything because his body was so tired from constantly having to try to break down that bilirubin, and the lights were helping him do that as well. Um, so we got discharged on Christmas Day, which was super hard, having to go home without your baby on Christmas Day. It's not what you would envision at all. My husband and I, we had this plan, and obviously, you know, God had another, another plan for us. And so we, I was up here every day, every single day. He was here from, he was in the NICU from Christmas Eve to January the 2nd. He got discharged January the 2nd. So we, we would come up, they would check his bilirubin a couple of times over 24 hours, and his numbers were just yo-yoing back and forth, and he had to be below a certain number to go home. And the doctors were so great here because they said, if, you, if we send him home right now with a blanket, you're going to have to come back every single day and get his blood drawn. So I would have to go home, take him back out in the cold, and if they elevated, his numbers elevated at all, he would get admitted to the children's portion of the hospital, not the NICU, which is where RSV was, COVID. Now, they were just concerned. They didn't want him to be put in a situation that could have been, you know, bad for him. So once they explained that to us, it kind of made us come into the NICU every day a little bit more bearable. But um, but the NICU staff is just 10 out of 10 
10 out of 10. They were just so awesome. You know, mom guilt, I'm home on the couch. They're like, your baby's up there alone. You're a terrible mom because you're not up there 24 hours a day, which my husband said, you're healing too. You need to rest. You can't be up there all the time. And But every time I would come in, I would come in at different times. There was a nurse always in there cuddling my baby, talking to my baby. The doctors were so great. I remember one time I came in, it was like 7.30. I was scrubbing in. You have to scrub in for three minutes. And he came in and scrubbed in with me and was talking about Hudson's progress throughout the night, which was just so great. And I remember the day he, the day before he was discharged, his numbers were consistent. I was like, okay, he's going to go home. He's going to go home. This is going to be great. And then I would wake up on his feed schedule overnight. That way I would be used to it. And I would call them and say, what's his Billy Rubin number? And whenever I called, they said, oh, it went up a little bit. And I said, oh, my gosh. And so the next morning I woke up, I told my husband, I said, I'm going to go and just hold him before they put him back on the lights. And then I can't hold him anymore because I think I held him maybe all of three times without any equipment that whole time. And so I scrubbed in. I went in there. And as soon as I went through the doors, the nurse was holding my baby, getting him a blanket. I said, well, why isn't he under the lights? And then I just see Dr. Mokel come running from around the corner, like, we're going to send him home today, which was super, super great. I think I called my husband. I sprinted home. I still had on the yellow jacket that you have to wear whenever you came in. I was running in the parking lot. But, yeah, he's thriving now. He's great. And we just thank the McLeod NICU for being 10 out of 10, making us comfortable, making sure he was well taken care of and and it had to be, I mean, it, it's, it's a complicated, difficult, scary, intimidating situation, circumstance, but it had to be comforting to some degree to know you weren't 500 miles from home. Exactly. I mean, you exactly. were able to create some sense of normalcy in mm-hmm. your life, and that had to be at least keep you somewhat on, on course or on mm-hmm. chart believing. So he's good now. Oh, he's fabulous. He's thriving and just, just perfect. And, but I may and, be biased. Well, I mean, no, well, I mean, and I, I accept that. I mean, we're all biased here, just to some degree, about things. But, but, and I'm thinking about okay, the the reason that it was so important in your world is your kids okay, but you were able to deal with a complication that you didn't see coming, but you were able to do it here. Exactly. And and I, and I think that's important for people to understand. When I was younger, I mean, I. I don't remember anybody in my immediate family having a situation, but I remember a family down the street, so to speak. And I'm a kid. I'm naive. I don't understand it. My bike is, is good. My, You know what I mean? There are cookies in the cabinet. I mean, my world is so limited and shallow. But I remember a family having a situation with a kid, and they had to go off. And I can remember my mom picking up the other kid from school on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, while this family was six, 700 miles from home. And I got to believe that that even adds more mm-hmm. complications. So the people listening to my voice by and large live here. I mean, this is your home. Um, you may not have the story that Skylar has, but somebody will have that same story in a day or two or three. Or I mean, rest assured, her baby is not the last baby, nor will it be the last baby born with, uh, with complications. And I just think the investment that McLeod has made with the support of what we're doing here creates the opportunity for a family to stay close to one another mm-hmm. and deal with a very complicated issue. And Scott, I don't put words in your mouth, but that had to be at least somewhat encouraging that it you was. could say kind of close to one another and, mm-hmm. and your universe and, and your family and, uh, you know, just um, instead of having to be shipped all six, 700 mm-hmm. miles away, that would have been even more troubling and difficult. Devastating. Yeah. Yes. And yes. Well, well, 
thank you for sharing your story and congratulations on Hudson. And um, I mean, I don't have any idea what Hudson is, but if he's a normal <laughs> red-blooded American boy, um, he entered the world a bit different. He, he'll probably, they, they, they go from blessings to monsters back to blessings in, in a single moment, in a single, in a single day. That's why we're here. I mean, we're not here to put numbers on a sheet of paper. We're not here to meet fundraising goals. We're here to allow you, our community, to invest in a hospital that provided a very warranted service in Schuyler, Hudson, your husband's name? Aaron. Aaron, and in all of their lives. And that's, uh, that's why we're here. I mean, that, that, it, it, we could kind of sign off now and move on from here because there's nothing that we can say more compelling than, than what Schuyler just said. But, um, I mean, if you're out there and you want to buy in, you want to be a stakeholder, you want to create, you know, a, a better children's hospital in our area so people don't have to go far, far away, you can make a donation. You can do that by calling 843-777-4483. You can text Radiothon to 844-937-3993, or you can donate online at MyRadiothon.com. Com. Thank you, Scholar. Thank you very we'll, much. We'll take a break. We'll be back in just a few. We're back for our last hour of our second day. Um, can you give me an update on something, Rev? We yes, have some I guests can. here. Mm-hmm. We'll get to them in two seconds. But I want to know. I want to know if the Clemson football program is sincerely in decline. <laughs> I mean, I think this is a good measuring stick. I really believe yeah, that the barometer so. of where their program was, where it's descending to, where it eventually ends up could be the bidding of a football. We've got an auction. We've got a Shane Beamer, Brookfoot football. We've got coaching royalty. (laughs) We did get corrected. There are three coaches in college football today that have won multiple national championships. Nick Saban wins one about every other year. Dabo's won two. And now Kirby Smart has won back-to-back championships at Georgia. So there is no way that a Beamer ball is worth more than a Dabo ball unless – the Clemson faithful believe that bad days lie ahead. The good days are in the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm waiting with bated breath and great anticipation about what the um, the current score is on the battle of the footballs. I just looked at the auction site, and it looks like the Dabo Sweeney autographed football has not moved since the last time we talked about it, about 10 or 15 minutes ago. That figures. And the Shane Beamer autographed Gamecock football is $460 now. Whoa, whoa, so. whoa. Dabo's autograph three fifty, Beamer's autograph four sixty. So, so the projections of one program ascending, and the other program simultaneously seems descending to be, seems to be playing it out. It seems to be that that in, would in be the auction. metric in the marketplace I, I think that you so. and I, because we're astute yeah. and knowledgeable observers of things, just, that happen just pick up on things. Us. It seems pretty obvious. Correct. And and by the way, it, it seems real obvious. Not pretty obvious. <laughs> it seems real obvious. That um that the reflection of the price of the footballs yep. quantitatively suggest that uh, one program is rising and the other is is falling. Forget the last six minutes of the Florida Gator football game because um, yeah. that didn't count. Please. That didn't matter. Um, we my, do my, my, all this in fun, and I mean this sincerely. Um, we do it every year. We instigate a friendly competition between the fan bases, and I want to I want to give all South Carolinians fair warning. Clemson fans can't do it on their own, and Gamecock fans cannot do it on, on their own. This is a, um, uh, a smallish southern state that requires a lot of people pulling in the same direction to kind of move the ball or advance the quality of life forward. And, uh, but, but there are very passionate fan bases, and I, 
it's fun to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a Gamecock, it ain't fun to lose as much as we have, but it's a lot of fun to be a part of the rivalry. And, and obviously, we're having a little fun with um, what fan base can generate yep. the most revenue for which football. MyRadioThon.com, if you want to go check out. You can see where the bids are and all. We have a lot of items up there available for auction. Auction will close tomorrow at 1 o'clock, but it's MyRadioThon.com. Click on the Donate Now button. And then from there, you'll see a link to the, the auction where you can make your bids. We run our mouth a lot, but I still believe. <laughs> you can just put a period <laughs> right at the end of that <laughs> sentence. There's an emphatic period <laughs> there. But, um, but we're normally talking about politics and culture and, you know, the economy and all these other integrations of our lives. Um, the people that have experienced the McLeod Children's Hospital in the first person, I think, are the best advocates to I'd articulate an argument for why we need to be supportive of this hospital. We have with us um, some Clemson folk, from what I understand, Jim and Caroline Williams. Uh, you going to do the talking? Which one of you going to do the uh, – I think she said you going to do the talking uh, at this one because she did the majority. I'm pointing at Jim here. Uh, but, but, no, in, in all honesty, um, I think both – I, I watched you both. You kind of smile when I go at it about the, the fan bases. But uh, Caroline said, we're Clemson fans now, just, just so you know. But, but we're all trying to not just generate interest but support of the Children's Hospital. And I do believe that um, – the best way to articulate that is people who have experienced uh, the, the quality of service, the care, the compassion that, that i got to believe you have experienced. So, so Jim, I'll, I'll start with you if you don't mind. Um, how did you end up the father of a child that needed the care of the McLeod Children's Hospital? Yeah, so it was a uh, normal uh, Monday morning, get up, go to work, make the drive from Hartsville to Dillon, and as soon as I get to Dillon, unlock my office door, get a call from my wife, Caroline. She says, Jim, I think my water broke. I said, well, you need to get off the phone with me. You need to call your doctor. I'm coming back to Hartsville to take you to the hospital. So I get back. Her water definitely broke. Um, get her in my pickup truck, and we start heading through the Darlington traffic um, at rush hour to get her to McLeod. Um, it's all, it was all a blur. Uh, we get here, um, you know, they pretty much said right away, you know, you're going to have this child today. And we were both kind of almost in disbelief about it, um, really just shocked. Um, you know, being 33 weeks pregnant, um, you know, a lot of, lot of excitement, a lot of fear that goes along with it. Um, so, you know, we went in that morning about 9.30, and, you know, we had Hugh Williams was born uh, 10 o'clock that night. Mm-hmm. He was five pounds, five ounces, mm-hmm. um, you know, seven weeks early. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it was all a blur, but I can't express enough how this staff um, was so accommodating. Um, they, you know, reassured us that everything was going to be okay. You know, very blessed that we didn't have any complications other than he was early. Um, we did, however, spend um, you know, five weeks in the NICU, um, which was scary. Um, you know, at the same time, we were still very blessed with such a great staff who reassured us the whole way. Um, you know, they, they kept us informed, explained it, dumbed it down to, for us like we were, you know, two-year-olds so we could understand the <laughs> medical complications. Um, and, you know, really, Caroline, you can speak on the a little bit of complications. But, yeah, um, Caroline, yeah. if you don't mind, so, so you inform him mm-hmm. 
at 33 weeks that you think you're having the baby. That's right. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't understand. I've been married 30. I, don't, I still don't understand women's intuition, but it's real. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's genuinely real. Mm-hmm. Um, you knew then there was no doubt in your mind you were going to deliver a baby prematurely. That's right. Uh, my water broke, uh, thankfully, on the bathroom floor. So that was easy cleanup. Um, thank you to my mother-in-law <laughs> who came over and <laughs> helped tidy the house up after. Um, and then in, in the car, I started having contractions. And there was no doubt in my mind what those were. Um, so we, we got here. There was still a little bit of hope, and we were praying that maybe they would give me some sort of medicine or something to, to you know, make me go uh, full term. But that wasn't the case. They said, this is happening now. So, 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 so the transition from having a baby prematurely mm-hmm. to the NICU yes. is kind of like what? So you have the baby. Um, we, ha- we had him, and they put him on my chest for about one minute, and then they took him to the NICU. And they wheeled me down the next day to see him. And that was, it was really hard. Um, but they reassured me that we, we were one floor above him. Um, so I felt close, but we had a, um, a phone number that we could call. We could check up on him because I couldn't really leave that room much. I was still recovering, but I could stick my hand through the bassinet. I could touch him. I could hold his hand and um, I didn't hold him until about a day or two later, and um, but I, you know, we, I would hold him for about an hour a day, and that was really hard, but the best part of my day, every day. Okay, so yeah. so you go home. I did after and, two days. And Hugh, and his middle name is Jim Brownie. And, and Brownie, why? Um, he is named after my grandfather. And your grandfather had a his his name was Brownie. It was Brownie Williams. See, no, see, no middle name. Well, I, I'm from the South, the rural South. Mm-hmm. And, and those aren't real uncommon names. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up with people like that, with names like that. Now, that doesn't fly real well in, in some of the enlightened areas of America, but in good old Pamplico, and i got to believe in some of the rural areas of South Carolina, that would be a respected and, and quite a tradition to pass that along. Mm-hmm. So, so I want to go back to this, because mm-hmm. so, this is important. And, and, and I remember as a young person, shared the story a second ago, uh, a fan, I'm a kid, so I, I'm a little bit oblivious to it. It doesn't, I don't, I don't, it doesn't register with me. But my mom picked up my neighbor's kid, who was my friend, like like three weeks in a row because their family had a kid, prematurely, complicated, had to go far off somewhere. And and I remember now, I mean, it, it resonates, but then I'm like, well, what it is? I don't know. I'm 12, man. I mean, you know, people figure it out. But, but now I understand being able to live near a hospital that provides this sort of care is quite the blessing. I'll use your word. Is that is, is that a fair analysis? Absolutely. So, so, so what was it like to leave the hospital every day, mm-hmm. to leave that newborn baby, mm-hmm. and go back and try to exist as normal? It's impossible, it isn't it? It was hard. It was it was hard. Every single day was hard. We were He was in the NICU for 38 days. I went home after two days, and leaving the hospital leaving your baby here at the hospital and driving back to Hartsville, hardest thing I've ever done. Um, and every single day, we, we would come here, we would get here early, first thing in the morning, we would stay here all day, and then we would have to go home at night. Thankfully, we did have the option to sleep on the futon when we moved to the inter- intermediate side, but that was just really hard. Um, we didn't get good sleep there. I stayed there a few nights, but um, I ended up just having to go back home because I couldn't provide for him the next day. Uh, as well. Wow. So, yeah. And Jim, you're a big, bad country boy with a granddaddy named Brownie, so obviously your emotions are completely intact. 
Uh, you, you're not struggling. You're not emotionally invested in this. I mean, as a father, and very often men allow the women to express the majority of emotions in childbearing and, and, and the birth of a kid. But, but I've been there three times. I mean, it is quite the, the experience. What, what was it like as a father having to leave the most treasured thing in your world in somebody else's hands and couldn't carry it home as most parents are able to. It was extremely hard. You know, I, I tried to be the rock for the family, and that was it was a lot to carry. Um, but, you know, what made it easy was the staff just went above and beyond care for our child. And, you know, it, was, it got easier. Uh, it never was easy, but it got easier over time because we knew we got to know the nurses and we knew that they – you know, did more than they had to do to look after our child, and we felt very comfortable with that. Okay, how is Hugh now? What is Hugh up to today? Uh, he's doing great. Uh, he rolled over for the first time yesterday, um, so we're pretty excited about that, but he's smiling a lot, um, healthy as can be. Like I said, we're just very blessed. And he's how old, Allison? Uh, five months. Okay, Caroline, I'm sorry, not Allison, Caroline. Okay, um, five months, Riff, can we do this? We have this big partnership with Rivals, right? Can we find out what size Gamecock jumper fits a five-month-old? I mean, do you think Will Webster would help us with that? I think we could find well, it I mean, out, but it, then what's your plan? Well, I mean, there, there's a lot of positive energy for a conversion right. here, yeah. right? I, I, I get that, yeah. I mean, we, 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 can, good, we can. Good luck, though. Yeah, you can't switch a Catholic from, to a Baptist and a Baptist from a Catholic, but you, there's a chance before that orange blood gets in their veins, you can, we, we can have a conversion here. Um, why, why do you believe, and I'll ask both of you this, and I'd love to hear both of you answer, um, Rev said this morning, I mean, it is about the money. I and mean, we're trying to raise money to support a, a hospital, but, but it's a buy-in. I mean, it, it's an investment. It's a, um, I want to be a stakeholder of my community, and I may never have a kid, you know, that's born under difficult circumstances that needs the care of a hospital, but, but I want to be a part of caring for kids that are, you know, in those situations. I mean, our listeners are who we're asking to make contributions. Um, Carolina, I'll start with you. Why, why do you believe it's important that a local community support, you know, a local children's hospital? Yeah, absolutely. And we never pictured ourselves in this position. No one ever does. No one ever expects to deliver early or have a child end up in the hospital. And the amenities that they had for our son, um, the level of care that we got from the staff was just we just we were just blown away. Um, one little thing I want to share is it, leaving him at night was so hard. Um, and I would go home and and we would have to spend the night at our house. But they had a number that you could call and you could get updates. And um, we would call in the middle of the night, see how he was doing. Um, and the, Nurse Elena was one of our, our favorite night nurses. And she would decorate his room with little sayings and signs. And um, I don't know. It was just we just really formed a connection with the staff here, and they became family. We're Facebook friends now, and they keep up with you and how he's doing. And it's it's just it's a really really special place here. Very personable, Jim. I mean, well, the, to our listeners who were asking to make and and look, I mean, I've said it, and I'll say it again. There, there are people listening that have the ability to give a lot of money. There are people listening that don't have the ability to give a lot of money, but we all have the ability to buy in in some way, shape, or form. Why, why do you think that's worth their effort? I mean, I think this place is definitely a, it's a special, special to us. Um, it's a unique place. Just the, the care that they can provide, um, you know, compared to other places, this is, this is the place where the best NICU in the area. I mean, this, this is where you go if you have any complications, if you have a, um, 
you know, premature birth. You know, this is the hub of it. Well said. Thanks to both of you. And Thank I want to one last time before we take our break. Um, we're keeping score here, Rev. Power Hour, 10 children in the day hospital this morning. We're trying to get 10 miracle makers for each child. We're at, what, five? Yeah, we're at five of the 10. That's, that's the goal this hour is 10 miracle makers. And so far, we have five. Okay, that'll be half. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I impressed yeah. you with that math, didn't you I? You did, yeah. uh, How do you make a donation? You call 844, excuse me, 843 777 4483. You text the word Radiothon 844 937 3993. Donate online at myradiothon.com or you can bid on some of the auction items that are on our, is it website? I mean, yeah. it, okay. Yeah. We have an auction site and you can get there through the myradiothon.com link. Click on donate here and then you'll see a link to the actual auction with the items. And I do have an update. Uh, now, the Dabo Sweeney autographed football is still at 350, but the Shane Beamer autographed football is at, drum roll please, drum roll please, 500. Oh, wow. no. Okay. <laughs> she said, oh, no. <laughs> That's a bit, um, what about the J.C. Horn jersey? Look at that. The Carolina Panthers, J.C. Horn. I would rather rent J.C. for this weekend because we're having right. some issues right. covering slot receivers. And J.C., if I remember right, was pretty good at covering <laughs> slot receivers. He is uh, It's $60 for okay. the J.C. Horn autographed Panthers jersey. 60 bucks. I wish we could get a Gamecock fan to give 1000 to J.C. to cover the slot receiver in Missouri this weekend <laughs> instead of what we've been trying, especially the last six minutes. Clemson will answer the call. I'll assure you of that, that there's some Clemson fan out there that I will nag enough and antagonize enough and frustrate enough, get on their nerves is kind of what I'm saying, to the point that they'll – we always end up near grand on each football. So Rev and I swagger in here and say, hey, don't you worry about them footballs. We got that yeah. handled. We'll get a 1,000 <laughs> for each of these balls. But uh, I'm mean, at the two fan bases – there ain't a Clemson kid or a Gamecock kid in the McLeod Children's Hospital. They're God's kids, and they're all uh, to be adequately cared for, and that's what we're trying to trying to do here. Yeah, I, I don't believe you walk in that children's hospital, you're a Clemson or a Gamecock fan. I'm one of, oh, UK, go this way, or you go, no, no, we care for all, for all the kids equal. Let's take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. We're back on the campus of McLeod Health on behalf of the Children's Miracle Network Radiothon to support and fundraise for the McLeod Children's Hospital. Um, we're, we're into the last power hour from 9 until 10 when we leave the air. Mm -hmm. We're trying to get 10 miracle makers for each child in the day hospital this morning. We've got 8 of 10. That means we're one, two, two short. Rip. That's what that uh, means. Yeah, you figured good, that out. We're good with that math. I do want to that, say that's this. That's in honor. Yeah, there's 10 children that are in the day hospital, and that's in honor for every child. Okay, we got a guest here. Before we get our guest, I want to I do this. I want to make I want to make amends. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think I've been too insulting. Oh. I mean, I think there's you got to be respectful uh, of your rival. Okay. And as a Gamecock fan, I have probably celebrated too much the Beamer football. Right now, the bid on the Beamer football is... Uh, $500. Okay, $500. Mm -hmm. The Dabo coaching royalty, only one of three coaches who have multiple national championships in all of college football. We don't have a Nick Saban ball. We don't have a Kirby Smart ball. We do have a Dabo Sweeney ball, and it is? 350 Well, I mean, I'm going to bring a reference to C. Spurrier. You ready? Because mm -hmm. I think what I've done is insult by calling names. That bunch from the upstate. <laughs> 
needs to get better at raising money mm-hmm. to get the football. That just doesn't make any sense. But I don't want to call anybody. I want to be less personal. Remember Spurrier would always say, that bunch from the upstate. Yeah. And, I mean, to me, just calling Steve Spurrier's name should motivate some Clemson fan. <laughs> you would think. Some fan of any team that he doesn't coach. Right. You know, uh, people talked about, well, I mean, you Gamecocks hated Spurrier when he was at Florida. Called him an SOB. I said, there's a difference between ASOB and our SOB. So, when he's, in, when, when he's ASOB, that's one thing. When he's your SOB, <laughs> that's, um, that's quite the other. So, 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 in the spirit of not being personal, that bunch from the upstate needs to get off their butt and outbid <laughs> Gamecock Nation on this football. Um, I mean, you, you, you would imagine two national championships in the last 10 or 12 years would be enough to not allow um, – your inferior program that you share a state mm. with uh, to do as well as they're doing. So, so Trey, we'll I saw you nodding in your head now. See, I, I got all this peripheral vision. Um, <laughs> are, are you a Gamecock or a Tiger? Tiger. I knew that. Uh, See, I knew yeah. it. I knew it. Um, when I said the word Steve Spurrier, I saw his body kind of tense up. I mean, it like, got real tense. Like, um, but, but, but in all honesty, Spurrier gets on everybody's nerves. I mean, it's just not your nerves or, or Florida State's nerves. He gets on everybody, on everybody, <laughs> on everybody's nerves, and I don't think he really cares. You know what I mean? That's one of the luxuries of he has over most people. Most people say I don't care, but they do. I think he really says I don't care, <laughs> and honestly, and honestly does not. So Trey Poston is a McLeod NICU transport nurse. Um, good morning, sir. How are good you? Morning. Good. Uh, yeah. So, um, what is? I mean, let's back up all the way. What What is the the neonatal intensive care unit? So basically it's a unit where we take care of premature babies or full-term babies, depending on what's going on with them. Any baby less than 35 weeks would automatically come to our NICU uh, or to the NICU um, for some oxygen or maybe needing a breathing tube, IV fluids if their blood sugar's low or if they're having bilirubin or jaundice issues. Um, But that's basically what we do is we take care of those little babies no matter, you know, from 35 weeks and less or 40 weeks and less, just depending on what they need. Um, we put them on the ventilators. We have just normal like nasal cannula oxygen, just whatever they need. Okay, we've had a lot of stories of kids born here that, that are, you know, I guess in-house transported to the NICU unit. Um, what, what sort of event, what, what, so if, if, if some complication arises after a kid goes home, the family doesn't know how to bring the kid to the NICU unit. That's where you come in. So, so walk me through logistically, not a kid born here, but, but a kid out there somewhere having to be transported. What, what exactly do you do? Gotcha. So say a baby was born at Loris or Dillon, something like that, that needed further care than just a normal newborn nursery. We, me and a respiratory therapist and a paramedic, <clears throat> sorry, um, we would hop on the back of an ambulance and go, to the other hospital with our isolate that's on this big transport stretcher that has like a warm bed and everything on it that the baby would need to keep their temperature up. We take that, go to the other hospital, assess the baby, call our physician, kind of see what they want us to do, whether it need the ventilator, just oxygen, or just an IV with fluids, um, stabilize the baby, load it up, and bring it back here. Why do you believe, I mean, you're in the business of caring for kids who are having issues. Why do you believe it's important to have the children's hospital. Uh, you bring them specifically to the NICU, to the, the children's hospital. From your experience, why is that so important? Well, I mean, you know, not, not saying that any nurse 
can't take care of any kind of patient, but the Children's Hospital has those specialized nurses taking care of the pediatric patients and the, the babies. I worked in adult critical care for two years and coming to the NICU from there, it's just way different. It's a totally different world. Um, so the nurses and the caretakers in the Children's Hospital definitely have a different sense of what you do for these patients compared to adult patients. So definitely the specialization of that. And then, you know, the only NICUs in South Carolina around here are um, us, Columbia, and Charleston. So if you're not within one of those ranges, it's kind of hard to find somewhere to take care of if you had a baby prematurely. So I understand someone, when thinking of a career, healthcare. That looks like a good place. And a lot of growth in the healthcare, a lot of job security, make good money. I get that. But, but all of a sudden, you become a McLeod NICU transport nurse. What, what leads you down that road? I mean, not only do I want to be in healthcare, I want to be tending to babies who are having really complicated situations. Yeah, I, um, <clears throat> about eight years ago, I started um, thinking about doing kids or children's, and then I had a friend that worked in NICU, and she asked me to come shadow, and I was in there for about four hours, and that's all it took. So, What do you I mean came... that's all it took? i got to stop. What do you mean that's <laughs> all it took? I mean, just seeing the care they did for the babies and these tiny little, you know, sometimes less than a pound baby that you're sitting there taking care of and help survive to grow into a, you know, full-grown adult, it's like, it's just crazy just to think about it at the end of the day that you help this little tiny person laying in a bed just grow up to become a doctor one day or, you know, whatever they may become. Are, are there so. stories that you remember? Are there kids? Are there oh, yeah. situations? Tell us one if you don't mind. I mean, um, just one specific kid gotcha. that you remember and, and had a good positive outcome. Oh, yeah. There was one little girl that we took care of. She was probably in here for hmm. – I mean, at least over 100 days. Um, I think she's actually coming in to talk to y'all this afternoon, the mom. Um, but uh, she, there were days that, you know, not saying that I wasn't faithful that she would make it, but there were days that I was like, you know, I, I worried through the night for her when I came back the next morning. And she um, got transferred out for to get her eyes taken care of and then came back here and got discharged home, and she was, she's doing great. I mean, she was a 20, 24 or 25 weeker, um, and uh, she was pretty much maxed out on everything we could do for her. So to see her now running around and just being a normal little baby. Makes it worth getting out of the yeah. bed and doing your oh, job. Definitely. Every definitely. single day. I've, yeah. I've said the word calling. I mean, he just kind of explained it far better than I. You don't feel it's a job. You feel it's somewhat of a, a job and a calling <clears> that you give all you've got and, and keep tabs on some of these kids that um, – you know, look like they might not make it, and then they do make it, and uh, you know, become a productive member of society. Thank you, Trey. I appreciate uh, all that all that information. Um, despite being on the dark side, he seems to be a pretty good. Poston's oh, kind yeah. of a common name in my in my part of the world. I always said if I can keep the Postons in line, I'll never lose an election <laughs> in, in, in lower really? in lower Florence County. Um, so that bunch in the upstate, <laughs> that that bunch in the upstate, I gotta believe at some point in time. I will rub somebody in such a wrong way that they stick it to me and stick it to me good, <laughs> and the uh, the price of the Dabo football goes on to where we we think. And I, look, I mean, it's it, it's a it, it's a rivalry. It's intense. I've lived it my entire life, but it's I mean the, these these two fan bases 
don't care where the kid came from or what the kid's pulling for. Uh, I got to believe that Trey says, okay, this is a, a Tiger kid, so I'm going to get better care. You know, this is a Gamecock kid. Uh, I mean, none of that matters in the grand scheme of things. But it is a way for us to try to raise more and more money, uh, have a little fun, involve two passionate fan bases when we, uh, when we support the McLeod Children's Hospital. That's why we're here. We'll be here uh, again tomorrow. If you want to make a donation, uh, call 843-777-4483. You can text Radiothon, 844-937-3993. Um, you, as most others, can make a donate online because that's kind of the way the world's going is online. Um, MyRadiothon.com. I want to thank our sponsors. Monraga Roofing is our title sponsor. Our station sponsor, Harris Pest Control. Phone bank sponsor, Pamela Commercial Real Estate. Uh, Palmetto Commercial Real Estate is also a Miracle Maker sponsor, half-day sponsor, King Cadillac. And we're not in their power hour. They deserve a shout-out because earlier we had a power hour sponsored by Palmetto Mining and Palmetto Concrete. We've not had a recent update on our Miracle Makers. We're trying to get 10 before we get out of here. We've got eight. Uh, there are 10 children in the day hospital today. We're trying to get a Miracle Maker for each of those children in the hospital. You want to add anything before we take our... Last break. Just if you're interested in the auction, you can get there through MyRadiothon.com and click on the Donate Here button, and from there you'll see a link directly to the auction bid site. Okay, we'll take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. So we didn't meet our goal in the last hour, or this hour. We, had, yep. we were looking for 10 miracle makers, I guess, to honor the 10 children in the day hospital today. We met that number. I want to thank you for doing that. Uh, without you, none of this. Uh, works. We're at the Campus of McLeod Health. We'll be here again tomorrow, uh, the third consecutive day of no Joe Biden, no Donald Trump, no Hezbollah, no Hamas, no Israel, no uh, Republican-Democrat debates and, and squabbles, and we'll get back to that uh, Monday. You can make a donation by calling 843-777-4483. You can text Radiothon to 844-937-3993. You can donate online at MyRadiothon.com. Uh, we got to get out of here in about 30 or so seconds. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. The, the folks at McLeod never tell us if we're doing good or not. I tried to read the body language and, and the, <laughs> the excitement level. They're very good at, um, right. you know, just kind of keeping their uh, we'll emotions intact. Yeah, you, you guys will know. We'll, we'll all know tomorrow at 1 whether we did um, good or not. But, but you, you know, that, that bunch of the upstate and that bunch of the Midlands, you got you got all night to think about how much you can afford to pay for a, a football where all the money goes to help McLeod Children's Hospital. Enjoy your day. We'll talk tomorrow.